Hello and welcome to this EMJ podcast. This is the second in a series of three episodes discussing developments in diagnosing TB. We've thought about the burden of TB in the world. And now in this episode, we're going to discuss the various options for diagnosing TB, particularly latent TB. The podcast is funded by Kaijin, although the discussions might not represent the position of Kaijin. I'm Sue Savile, a medical correspondent in Britain and now independent medical journalist, and I'm delighted to be joined again by Dr. Danilo Buensenso, who is a paediatrician at the Department of Women and Child Health and Public Health at the Gemelli University Hospital in Rome. Uh, Danilo, welcome back. What difference then does the early detection of the infection of the TB bacterium make to the outcome of the patient and indeed for communities where TB might spread? Yes. yes, thank you very much for this very important question. So it's extremely important for the single patient and for community purposes that we do an early diagnosis of, of either TB disease or latent TB infection for, uh, for a number of reasons. Let me start with TB disease. Recognizing early TB disease leads to improved outcomes, better care and better treatment for the single patient, and therefore um, lower negative uh, chronic outcomes after the treatment of acute disease. But probably even more importantly, a patient with active TB is a contagious patient that can spread bacilli and infect other people. Therefore, the sooner we recognize a patient with active TB, the sooner we can stop this chain of transmission and therefore prevent that other people become infected with TB and therefore develop latent TB infection. Similarly, it's as much important to recognize soon people with latent TB infection and specifically those people, as I was mentioning in in our previous episode, those people that are at higher risk of developing of, of progressing from latent infection to active TB, including young children. This is extremely important because now we have effective medications that can help the host to fully defeat the dormant, the dormant bacilli. This means that, we, that if we recognize a patient with latent TB infection and we give him appropriate treatments, we prevent the development of a, a future case of active TB and therefore we stop even sooner this chain of transmissions. And therefore, this will have a huge impact in reaching our goal of lowering as much as possible global TB burden worldwide. So what then are the options for diagnosing TB? What are the differences between those options? There are different options if we focus on active TB and, more importantly, to to latent TB infection. Just a few words about active TB. The gold standard for diagnosing active TB is the traditional microbiological study. This means that we can um, culture or recognize the genome of the bacilli, for example, in, in the sputum of a patient with suspected active TB. However, this is particularly important for children. Children specifically uh, as a recognized so-called palsy bacillary TB. This means that usually they develop TB, TB disease but producing a, a low number of uh, infecting mycobacterium tuberculosis bacilli and therefore uh, making a, a, a definitive or a confirmed diagnosis of active TB in children is extremely difficult. 
this is one of the reasons, even in patients with active TB, we are looking for either indirect tools that can tell us that that patient has been in contact with active TB. And these are the same diagnostics we use for patients with latent TB infections. As I was saying before, a, a patient with latent TB infections has no signs and symptoms of a, of a TB, but has dormant bacilli within his body. Therefore, a strategy to diagnose latent TB is to see if the, the immune system has a memory against mycobacterium tuberculosis. If the, uh, our immune system has a memory against mycobacterium tuberculosis, this means that that patient has been in contact sometime during his life to TB. And therefore, this is our criteria to define that person as having latent TB infection. To um, detect these immune responses, we have a number of tools. Historically, the, the very traditional tools is the tuberculin skin test, which allows us to detect a local immune response on the skin of a patient. Basically, we can inject in the skin of a patient with suspected TB infection some TB antigens, and if that patient or that child has an immune memory of TB antigens, here the patient can develop a skin reaction. So this is the tuberculin skin test. However, this test has some limitations. For example, uh, it, it has a cross-reaction between the BCG vaccination, which is a widely used vaccination to, for TB used globally, or can have a cross-reaction with several environmental mycobacteria. This is one of the reasons researchers, the medical field, the diagnostic field, has worked to find alternatives with better specificity uh, to recognize latent TB infection. And during the recent years and, and decades, a, a number of interferon gamma-releasing assays tools have been developed. So you use a lovely phrase there. Explain what are these new assays? What is yes, this specifically? Yes, of course. So this assay tried to replicate uh, in vitro what the tuberculosis skin tests do in the skin. They, um, these assays are tools that allow to directly st stimulate the lymphocytes of, of a patient with uh, specific TB antigens. And if those lymphocytes have an immune memory against TB antigens, they produce a different amount of interferon gamma. So if a patient has lymphocytes that are able to produce interferon gamma when they are stimulated by TB antigens, this means that that patient has an immune memory of TB and therefore he has been previously in contact with mycobacterium tuberculosis. These assays are actually, therefore summarizing, able to stimulate lymphocytes with TB antigens and to measure the interferon gamma produced by lymphocytes if they have an immune memory against TB. So these interferon gamma release assays, are they going to become the gold standard? You refer to the gold standard for active TB. Who recognizes them? Who sets the standards? Yeah, this is a, a complex issue because uh, so far we um, do not yet a gold standard for the diagnosis of latent tuberculosis infections. And this is still um, a challenge for, for the medical field to provide the best tool 
for diagnosis latent TB infection. But importantly, uh, these new assays are providing us a number of, of advantages against the historical tuberculin skin test because, first of all, they are uh, automated laboratory tools and therefore the measurement of interferon gamma produced by lymphocytes is more objective compared with the subjective assessment of the skin reaction in the tuberculin skin test. Also, as I was mentioning, these assays are able to stimulate uh, with specific TB antigens that are not also expressed by the BCG vaccine. And therefore, this offers a higher specificity for recognized TB infection rather than also recognize a BCG, a previous BCG vaccination. This means that with these new diagnostics, that the medical field is working hard to provide uh, more accurate tests for recognized patients with active TB. Of course, national societies as well international societies like the WHO uh, work and update our knowledge periodically to set the gold standard for latent TB infection. I have to say there is still a lot of variability among different countries, even within the same continent. This is something we as, as a researchers still need to work a lot to try to standardize our approach to this diagnostic. Could you give a sort of overview there, Danielo, if, if these more specific, more automated tests could be more universally adopted, these interferon gamma release assays, what impact might that have for, for children in being diagnosed more specifically or more early, and indeed for the, the global burden of TB? Yes, as I was mentioning before, uh, during our previous meeting, it's, it's extremely important that we recognize latent TB infection as soon as possible because because this means, and specifically for children that have a, which have a higher risk of progression from latent infection to TB disease, it's important to recognize and treat latent TB infection. Therefore, having diagnostics that have a good accuracy, a good sensitivity and specificity to, for latent TB infection allows us to treat those patients and those children that have a real latent TB infection, therefore prevent them to develop Active TB. Dr. Danilo Buonsenso, thank you so much for those insights. Thank you very much. And Danilo, I look forward to uh, the third of our episodes of these podcasts when we're going to discuss more specifically one of these newer technologies and the benefits it might bring. And meanwhile, for listeners, there are plenty of other episodes on all sorts of topics on the EMJ website. You can find all the episodes at www.emjreviews.com. Plenty to listen to there. Bye for now.